Welcome to the fucking show. And sorry, I know you guys wanted to clap, but everything I'm going to say is going to be amazing. Uh, how do you pay, man? Uh, if you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys? Great cash, homie. Mama, there goes that man. Hello and welcome to episode 83 of Carson Sack Podcast, where we talk balls. I have not done one of these in a while. The last one was for the NCAA uh, tournament before that happened. I was pretty terribly off in that, but we now shift focus. The NFL draft was last week. If you were under a rock, you now are made aware of that. What I'm going to be doing on this, we have a mail sack, and I'm going to be talking about the NFL draft, but... I am not alone. I have a very good friend of mine who has begged me to be on the podcast now for about a year or so. She I, she is coming live onto the podcast all the way out from California. Um, my good friend Paul Marino is going to be joining me to give a bit of a breakdown of the NFL draft and do some mail sack questions that you all sent in. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Not really sure how long this episode's going to be itself, but it's going I'm sure it's going to be a good one. Polly is going to bring uh, just extensive sports knowledge that I'm sure I am going to learn something. You're going to learn something. We're all going to learn something together. So let's all welcome Polly on by Polly Marino on this week's edition of Carson Sack. Polly, welcome in to the Sack. How are you doing today? Thank you. I'm doing really well. How are you? Oh, just really nervous about this. Um, it's a long time coming. You've been bugging me about this for a little bit, but it's about time it happened, so happy to have you. Um, I want to give listeners a little bit of background on your sports knowledge, your athletic career um go ahead and let the people know okay um I played soccer my whole life um Carson's never come to one game but um and I do want to say I want to say thank you to the fans for voting me on this week um Carson like wouldn't let it happen for a long time but I want to thank you guys for your support anyway I played soccer um and then I played tech ball. We don't really need to talk about that right oh, now. We're going to talk about it a little okay. bit later. Okay, that's fine. I'll explain then. Played tech ball. And now really um, my big like sports kind of involvement is just DMing um, athletes on Instagram. And so. we will also get to that later on as well. A couple questions about that. You also tried golf a little bit too. How did that go for you? When we golf together? Yeah. Um, I, I think I did pretty well. Um, I won it for us. Do you remember I won? You made one big putt on the eighth green at, uh, we played a Cherokee, I believe. And you made one big putt, but your counterpart, uh, Alex wasn't really pulling her weight on her side of the team with Jalen. So really you could have done. They suck. We were the All right. So. 
We're now going to get into the mail sack. Polly, I hope you're ready. A lot of these are about you and for you. Um, we got a few R rated ones that I'm going to try and dumb down to PG 13. So, um, my more okay. viewer, older listeners can take this in. But our first question comes from Matt Ewells, who asks, do you think the Bengals made the right decision drafting Jamar Chase or should they have drafted uh, Penny Sewell? You watched the draft on Thursday. We saw that obviously the Bengals took the wide receiver from LSU. Chase was there with Burrow, was his number one guy at receiver for Burrow down there. They now reunite in Cincinnati. Um, but the big thing last year for the Bengals was obviously the lack of protection for him, which led to his ACL injury. I talked to Ewells a little bit about this on Saturday. I mentioned the ACL tear. It's obviously so just it's a it's a occurring injury, but it's sort of a freak accident. Like when you get hit, a quarterback's obviously not expecting to tear an ACL or anything like that. I would have preferred them to take. Uh, so well, but I understand why they took chase. Do you have any thoughts on the pick Polly? Look, Matt, when it comes down to it, a quarterback is not going to go all season, not getting sacked. I mean, it's going to happen. And like you said, I think it was a freak accident. It's just unfortunate. He tore his ACL. Now I'd like to see him, uh, more comfortable chemistry people. He's really used to and has proven to be successful with. So I'm excited for this duo to get back together. I think adding chase to Tyler boy, T Higgins in his second year, if he can take another leap forward and build on his rookie year, they might have, I know the Bengals um, are going to be fighting obviously with the Steelers, the Browns and the Ravens and the Steelers sort of had the tag as like the best receiving core last year. But if those three guys for the Bengals can take a step forward, um, they could take over at the top receiving core spot in the AFC North. So it'll be exciting to see. Um, we now are going to move on to a question from Trent Revelette. Um, and he asked, we all know how a certain someone's whose name starts with a J feels about Polly's legs. How does Polly feel about <laughs> that man's legs? Um, I'm certainly not going to put this gentleman on blast. Um, he would be very upset. I know Polly knows exactly who we're talking about because anytime I'm with this gentleman and I say I'm snapping Polly, he has to remind us that he said that. But if you could, without revealing the gentleman's name, how do you think his legs are? Um, I... Honestly, I've no, like I can't even picture what they look like. I feel like he wears pants a lot. Don't have a good idea what they look like. But I do want to say I believe he said that probably once in high school, and you guys have kept it, just bringing it up. Um, I'm certainly this might be a giveaway for who this is, but he has a ton of scars um, around his knee from multiple ACL injuries and surgeries. Oh well, maybe they don't look great, but. That's fine. Good for him. All right. Moving on. We have a, it's really more of a statement from Davis Canapel. Um, <laughs> but he said, this is getting ridiculous. Really? Really? Polly? Um, do you have any response to Davis's? Did uh, he ask you to be on the show? There was a time back when he was at center and I really tried to get this to happen when I was visiting center on a more regular basis. I wanted to have, like the St. X guys on the podcast when I was at center, like talking about 
the game they just had or something like that. I thought it would have been really cool. It just never worked out. Um, if this goes well with the whole Skype bullshit thing here, um, Davis and basically anybody that doesn't live in one more has sort of like an open invite to come on. But do you have any thoughts on yeah. Davis can go F himself. Oh, you can cuss. You can cuss if you'd like. Throw it out there. That's fine. He knows exactly what that means. And I just want to say, Davis, I have been pushing for this, working for it. Every single week I annoyed Carson. So, you know what? If you really want something, Davis, you should try harder. Thank you. Okay. Now these next two questions come from your little sister, um, Olivia. So. Okay. I like seeing behind the curtain the mystique of Paul Reno. So the first one, very generic. Why does she answer my Snapchat so fast when she should be working? I also um, am, I guess, lucky enough to have that happen. But why do you answer him so fast? She can go F herself. What's the next question? Um, You're not going to like the next question any more than the last one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, She then follows it up with, why did she wear diapers until the fifth grade? (laughs) That she's lying. That's just no. I remember distinctively you telling me okay, you wore okay. diapers like way longer okay. than what normal people do. I did wear diapers till fourth grade. I'll admit that. Uh, I just was a frequent bedwetter, and you know what? I'm not like ashamed of that. I see it as getting such a good night's sleep that you don't even wake up. So I got really good sleep. So. Okay. Um, that's honestly not like the worst reason. So thank you. Um, next we have uh, actually three questions from Emma Steer. Uh, she first one to ask is Polly, who is your favorite NFL player and why? Oh gosh, I have an answer that I want to say, but um, he is my future husband. So like, I don't want this to turn him off. So I'm going to keep that a little secret, even though I'll probably say it 10 times. It's later. Justin Herbert. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> I guess everyone knows now it's Dustin Herbert. What a great man. Um, he is amazing on the field. And amazing. Hold on. Can I interrupt you real quick? Yes. The next follow-up question from Emma is what NFL player do you want to date most? Would this also probably fall under that category and be the same answer? Or do you think you have a different answer for that? Um, I mean, I'd really prefer not this to be public because I really think I'm going to marry the guy, but you know what? If I'm going to marry him, he won't care about this. Yeah. I want to date Justin Herbert. Um, I DM him frequently. Um, yeah, it's Justin. Okay. And then Emma Steer also follows up that question with Carson. What NFL player would you date? Um, not an NFL player anymore. Unfortunately, he just announced his retirement, but I've been pretty steadfast in thinking Julian Edelman is one of the more handsome players in the NFL. Um, He likes to get down. He likes to party from what I can tell from seeing some videos of him at um, outings and events and parties. I think we'd be uh, just two. I don't know if we date, but be two real good guys just hanging out, doing cool things. So I guess I would go with him Um, or. I would flip that and go with, I guess, Miles Garrett, because he seems pretty chill, too. But besides that. You're not interested in Justin Herbert? I am not. You have dibs on him. I would never come between you two. Hey, if Justin Herbert comes, 
onto you, you like you can have them. That's impressive. Well, I thank you uh, very much. Now we also have another question from Emma, but this time it's Emma Payne. Oh God. And I'm gonna have to PG thirteen this one down. <laughs> oh no, I'm scared. Um, is it true Polly only hooks up with athletes with blue check marks on Instagram? <laughs> um, is that for you to answer or me to That's answer? That's for you to answer, I feel like. Well, I'm not going to like out myself here, so I'm going to say no. That's not true. I'll, I give everyone a fair chance. Does a blue check mark make me a little more interested of course of course but it comes down to personality okay. and she, she laughed as soon as she said that it does not come down to personality can i also i there was a bit of a terms and condition sheet that i was sent by polly for this and i'm certainly not going to go that far but there is another i guess lesser known um guy that she entertained for a little while they well, did i don't believe guys you are breaking nda rules right now that's no, so- no 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 it's not about that one person i'd like to talk to you about the um offensive lineman that you spoke with for a little while the what? one with really long hair i don't remember his name if you don't want to give out the name that's fine uh he played for the eagles that's about all i remember oh and the big long hair if you can piece that two and two okay, together you go right ahead that's so easy. Yeah. Um, with that, I, I just, I ghosted him. Um, we never met. He super liked me on Tinder. Um, you know, those guys, they come here for the off season, come to LA and, um, you know, they see, they see little girls like me who know they, a blue check mark will really impress them. And I just couldn't get myself to do it though. I'm, you know, I'm a good girl. Oh, okay. Um, our next two questions. I know we mentioned uh, tech ball a little bit earlier. Now we're going to give the floor to you and really let you talk about this. Um, Zoe wall reached out and she wants to know to tell us about the game a little bit. And then I believe, I don't know exactly who it is, but let me see how to say this gentleman's name. I'm going to mess it up. I'm sure you're going to be able to correct me, but Manar Manar. Why are you acting like I know him? Um, he's involved with tech ball. He's the head of the presidential office for tech ball. Wait, why would he message you? He messaged me uh, the question for this segment because you put it on your Instagram story. Why wouldn't he message me? Oh, I know who you're talking about. Yes. He asked, where does she see tech ball in five years? And then he, in parentheses, says she represented the U.S. in... I don't remember officially what this stands for, but the WCH 2019 world cup. Okay. Well, why isn't it just WC? Isn't that what he's, he's he said? WCH either way. We're talking semantics. Go ahead and tell us a little about tech ball and then where you hope to see it in five years. Sure. Well, actually the next six months is very important for tech ball. Um, because we are aiming for like this is our long term like been our goal since the beginning to get in the Olympics of 2028. Um, so 
for tech ball to get in there, the next six months are super important to show that it's a growing sport and people really want to see it and people would enjoy it in the Olympics. So about in the next six months, we're going to find out if tech ball will be included in uh, the Olympics in 2028, which would be super exciting. Um, I would love to go, but that's in eight years, seven years. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I love the sport. Love it. And then for, so I know what it is because you've sent me videos of you doing it and everything. If you could dumb it down for people that just, obviously they're going to be hearing what it is. They're going to be able to see if you could dumb it down and let people know exactly what tech ball is in its simplest form. Sure. I think um, the biggest thing about tech ball is that it's more than just what meets the eye. There's a lot of rules. People just watch it, but um, the rules are really what gets people. So it is basically a ping pong table curved. though. the ends are curved, it's not straight. Um, And it's a little bit lighter soccer ball, but The three main rules that you have to remember, this is for doubles, meaning both teams have two people. A is both players have to touch it. Um, You have a maximum of three touches. So the first person can play in two and the next person in one or vice versa. And uh, these two rules are the most challenging that get people. If you like head the ball over, The next time you head it or the next time you're trying to put the ball back over, it can't be that same body part, if that makes sense. So that rule really gets people because it's so fast thinking. And you also can't touch with the same body part two times in a row. So it's a lot of thinking at first, but you do get used to it. But that's really hard. So people just think it's juggling, but it's more than just juggling, too. I will say I've never sat down and watched a full match or game or whatever they are officially called. But, um, I do follow a couple of like accounts or something that you've sent and seen highlights of it. It is pretty interesting to see ways to incorporate the soccer aspect of it into, um, instead of just playing soccer into a more diverse game and hopefully get more eyes on that. Um, if you do want to check out tech ball, you can follow their Instagram. It's T E Q B A L L. Um, it's sitting at 684,000, hundred thousand followers. So this isn't like some rinky dink sport. Like it's got a massive following. And like Polly said, hopefully it does find its way, um, into the Olympic games. Uh, we are now going to move on. Um, Hannah Burns wanted to know, she was not real good about the questions she sent in. I had to ask her for like three or four different ones, but she wanted to know, uh, how's your love life? Um, you know, right now I'm taking a break. I think that's best for me right now. Um, but I will say as the world is starting to open back up, I think my heart is too. And, um, (laughs) I've been taking it slow. Um, just really working on myself, working on my Instagram mostly and DMS are open. Um, we'll see how it goes from there. Plug your Instagram. What's your Instagram? Where can the people find you at? My Instagram is polymarino underscore. Uh, Only DM me if you have a blue check mark. (laughs) Just kidding. That's the joke, but you never know. It's really funny that you have to tell people it's the joke. I'm sure people are going to like that. And then (laughs) 
I saved this last one because I thought it was the best question. And it came from none other than sweet ass, um, Alex Faber. She wants to know, who's Polly's favorite BGC member? Oh, my. How am I supposed to answer that? Um, Do you want to give any backstory on BGC? Or is it like, if you know, you know? Yeah, it's if you know, you know. And mostly I can't talk too much about BGC because we do have um, a Finsta called BGC and I frequently follow like people and watch people's stories and I can't have it linked back to me so I can't really comment at this You time. are a serial poster on that of like a story of yourself or something and being like guess who it's Polly that's posting the story of herself um, I can almost guarantee it almost every time, but I'm not letting you escape the question here. Who is your favorite BGC member? I just can't. I, I will say at this moment, it's going to be Emma Steer. And I'm just going to say that because I haven't, she's the one I've been like longest haven't seen. Gotcha. So I'll, I'll say her. Um, I know the question wasn't for me, but I'm going to answer it as well. Um, I'm also going to go with MSC right now just because she's back on the scene for a little bit, um, was all the way out west um, in Colorado over the winter. She came back this week for the Derby, is on a little tour here in Louisville, but going back before she officially comes back for a little bit um, over the summer. So right now, Emma, you're sitting at the top, the power rankings for both of us. Um, speaking about Derby, are, are we going to talk about Derby or can I make a quick comment? You can make a comment on Derby, but I have no notes on it. Go right ahead. Okay. I just want to say, and I fully, like, full-heartedly believe this, that I think, like, that horse won because I chose it. And, like, let me explain why. Medina won, right? For what? Christ's sakes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well... I just think, like, with sports, it comes down to, like, being confident. And I just went in and I said, so confidently, that horse is going to win it. And didn't think about it again. And it won. So I just, like, I thank you, Medina. And you're welcome, Medina. I just wanted to say that they won because of me. I was, like, so confident. And I actually believe that. Yeah, it certainly had nothing to do with Bob Baffert being connected with the horse who's had six other Kentucky Derby winners. It certainly had nothing to do with him. You're right. It was all Paul Marino. Um, <laughs> before we shift focus um, to the draft, I want to talk a little bit about one of the big stories before the draft night itself that was sort of breaking. Um, this is on the fly. I didn't really prepare you for this. So if you, hopefully you have some thoughts on it. Um, the Aaron Rodgers situation. Have you been keeping up with that or anything? Do you have any strong opinions or things you want to say about him? Um, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, gotta love him. Um, do I think he might have ended his career? Maybe. But I think it's going to be hard to go back to the Packers at this point. But sounds like he doesn't. that's not what he wants. It does seem like he is either going to get traded or the GM, I believe, is going to have to resign. And that's a pretty bold stance to take um, as a player. But when you are sort of that important to the team as Aaron is, maybe 
you can get your way with something like this. Um, I have no clue. It is also interesting because the Packers don't have a single owner like every other team in the NFL. It's a technically a publicly traded thing. There's over 300,000 owners technically. Um, so there's not really one final guy to make that decision other than the guy that Aaron Rodgers is kind of saying like, I'm not going to play again here if he's still here. So it'll surely be an, a, an interesting storyline to follow this off season. It is definitely going to be um, rammed down our throats every day with so many annoying little details and things that just aren't really going to matter. Um, I'll probably have my last question for you about this, and then we're going to move on to the draft right now. If you had to pinpoint and pick one place, uh, where does Aaron Rodgers play quarterback next season? What team? I am going to have to say um, Texas, and I blame that solely on Deshaun Watson. He, he, I mean, there's just no way he can't get fired at this point. I don't see. So, and I think Aaron Rodgers would be a great move for them. Uh, and bye-bye Deshaun Watson. All right. You heard it here first. Aaron Rodgers to the Houston Texans by way of Paul Marino speaking in it to existence. Mm-hmm. That does it for the mail sack this week. As always, thank you to listeners for sending in your questions. That segment is not possible with you all, so thank you very much. We are now going to talk about the NFL draft, the main reason that Polly wanted to come on to discuss. Um, I had Polly do a little bit of research, and I also made her watch the first round of the draft. I wanted her to maybe watch some of the second and third rounds. Um, I certainly didn't think she was going to watch the fourth and seventh rounds. Um, Polly, did you watch the second and third or fourth through seventh? Um, I did not. I did not. I watched the first, a little bit of the second, uh, maybe here and there a little of the third, but did a lot of research. Okay. Um, we're just going to jump right into this. With the first pick, the Jacksonville Jaguars selected Trevor Lawrence. Everybody had pretty much known that was going to be the pick for about a year now. Um, it was all just who was going to get Trevor Lawrence. Um, coming down the wire to the last season, the Jets started winning a couple games, actually beat your hometown, uh, Los Angeles Rams, out of nowhere uh, last year that kind of fucked them out of this first overall pick. Uh, Polly, let me know, what are your thoughts on Trevor Lawrence? Um, first, I would just like to say, get this out of the way. The hair, it's time to let it go. I'm done with it. He's kind of like the opposite of Justin Herbert with hair. Herbert, you want him to grow it out. Trevor, like it's time to cut it. But that's just hair. Anyway, back to him as a player. I find it very hard to compare him to any player. Kind of like Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is his own little, I don't know, unicorn you could call it. Um, He is known to essentially make any throw at the NFL level. Just watching his highlights for me, I, look, I was impressed, but what is so special about this kid that I am not seeing? I will say one thing that I, I love a mobile quarterback. Love it, love it, love it. Um, I really like his feet. He has hot feet. Um, I mean, people say his throws are great. I guess I'm just going to have to see it in the real time. 
Okay. Um, I appreciate all that. Um, just to piggyback off of your stuff with Trevor Lawrence, the mobility it's, he's more of just a mobile quarterback, not a running quarterback. I would like to stress that in his college career, he only had one game, I believe, um, where he rushed for over a hundred yards. And that was the semifinal game two years ago against Ohio state. That really was the backbreaker for Ohio state. Trevor Lawrence has really always gotten this like generational talent um, type of tag when surrounding him. I find it, it's going to be hard to live up to that. Um, Jacksonville has some nice pieces around him. They did a good job in this draft, getting him some guys, the reuniting him with his college teammate at running back, Travis Etienne. They have a decent um, wide receiving core there. It's going to be interesting to see how Urban Meyer in his first year handles all of this. Um, my big, I guess, concern with Trevor Lawrence is after his freshman year, when they go and they complete the undefeated season, they route Alabama in the national championship game that year. You come back and his sophomore year, they make it to the national championship game again. And when he faces a top level competition in that, in LSU, um, he sort of looks lost. That was sort of the first game that people were sort of like, Oh, this, this doesn't look like regular old Trevor Lawrence. And then you fast forward to last year, again, does extremely well in the ACC. ACC is down, been down for the last couple of years. But then the national semifinal against Ohio State, he looked pedestrian again, um, overthrowing receivers, making bad reads, wasn't able to use his feet as much as he was in the first game that those two guys had. Um, certainly not calling into question his ability to win a big game. He proved that his freshman year, he can do that winning the national championship, but it was a bit concerning to see him the last two years he had in the biggest games. He sort of regressed and wasn't showing what ultimately it made him the number one overall pick. Um, do you think he's going to be a successful quarterback in the NFL? Polly, you know, Going off of what you just said, he reminds me of a certain someone. Do you know who that certain someone is? No. <laughs> <laughs> that certain someone is Jared Goof. Oh, um, nice. We had to work this in here, I'm sure. I, I love me some Jared Goff. Don't get me wrong. But when it comes to big moments, it just – he didn't perform. And that's kind of what it's sounding like with Trevor Lawrence – I hope he's not the next goof. Also, just want to say again, I love goof. Goof, if you're out there listening, love you to pieces. Uh, maybe we do need another goof. I don't know. But I hope he can perform in those big, big games. Okay. Uh, we now go to the second pick, uh, the New York Jets. Polly, I'm going to let you have the floor for this one. I am pissed. I, I I'm not going to say a single thing about football because I hate this kid. I hate this kid more than I've ever hated anyone. Okay. My God. People know who was drafted. Who would they take? Who'd the Jets take? I don't even want to say his name out loud. You can say it. Zach Wilson, quarterback from BYU, who shot up the draft boards of so many people um, because of one good season. But Polly, go ahead. Go off. Floor yours. My God. I'm not, I don't care about his football, so I'm not even going to talk about it. This, I was going to say man, but this boy is just, it get, he gave me 
frat boy flashbacks, uh, you know he's such a douche. I heard you he went took to a college that didn't have any fraternities. Even worse, even worse. Um, this kid is literally the kid that like would play Troy Bolton in like a, like something like this. Like he's such a loser. I have nothing good to say about this kid. Look, I want him to prove me wrong. Um, but I just know he's a douche and sends douchey mass snaps, mirror pictures. I just can't with him. I, I like, don't even know it. My blood's boiling about this kid. Cause I hate him so much. You can talk about him, but I, he's not going to be successful by Zach Wilson. Bye. You're a loser. To your point about the like mirror picks thing before the NFL draft, he had like a sponsored post or whatever. And it was a mirror picture about his suit. So Right on with what you said. I don't know why he couldn't just take a regular picture, but he did take a mere picture. Because he's a douche. Okay. Um, now we flip to the on-field stuff. Um, Zach Wilson was an extremely exciting guy last year. Um, I remember hearing about him after, I believe they played like Navy or something, and he went off in that game. And the buzz around him started to grow more and more and more. And then it ultimately culminated in the big showdown between BYU and coastal Carolina. Um, both teams were undefeated last year. Coastal Carolina did end up winning the game and I sort of fell off the Zach Wilson hype train. I knew he was going to come out, but I was sort of like, yeah, he can be a maybe late first type of guy that maybe if he's put in the right system, he can develop and everything. And out of nowhere, he starts to just rocket up draft boards. Um, there were about five quarterbacks that were going to go in the first round. Everybody thought, and Wilson just flew by um, three of the other ones. That was pretty surprising. The jets ultimately, I think under the new coach, a uh, defensive minded guy, they did a very good job surrounding him with talent and protection. That is going to, at least give him some tools to be successful in his first year. They reamped uh, their wide receiving core. They got a offensive lineman, I believe in the late first round, there are pieces in play where he can be successful. Um, it's going to be very important to establish a run game for him to be able to use play action. And so defenses can't just load the box or make it so known that when they are going to throw that he's going to be able to use a play action, everything like that. I, some people are comparing him to Johnny Manziel, but a more like dedicated, good version. Uh, Johnny Manziel won the Heisman and he actually went and beat very good college football teams. Obviously in the NFL, he faltered and that was more probably to do with off field things like that. And his head just not being in the right spot. I think Zach Wilson, isn't going to have to worry about that type of stuff. I can see him being a serviceable starter for a couple of years, but maybe going down the same path as Sam Darnold, the quarterback they had and them not really being committed to him, maybe because they took him second and they traded away Darnold and they feel like they have to be committed to him um, for the long haul. They'll maybe give him a little bit more chances than what they did Darnold. But I just don't see Zach Wilson being this like, top 10 guy in the NFL, but it's been shown. You can be like a top 15 ish top 20 guy and have 
a good team around you and still make the playoffs and be successful. I could see him maybe going down that type of path. Can I say one, or I guess it's kind of a question, but this kid went to BYU. He's not playing like the top teams. I feel like, no, he wasn't. And the game that they played their best competition last year, coastal Carolina, um, he did have a good game, but he couldn't, win them the game they had the ball late and coastal carolina stopped them on uh, a last second throw at the goal line and everything he's he had a good game but nothing against what coastal carolina did last year coastal carolina wasn't like a bunch of world beaters last year and they were still able to beat zach wilson the number two overall pick okay well are we done talking about him because i have one last i want to be zach wilson you go f yourself okay wow okay all right we now move on to the third overall pick uh trey lance what did you think about him um one thing that i wanted to say this was like where it was kind of um like oh is it between matt jones or trey lance right that was the perceived dilemma um i want to give a shout out to my boy my boy matt jones here because i mac shit really swear to god oh damn all right mac sorry about getting your name wrong um i do want to give him a shout out because i think that nfl network did him dirty and i don't think everyone even noticed this but when they were like waiting you know how they like wait for the team to announce yeah they like show the they showed mac jones highlights and trey lance except mac jones they only showed his mess-ups, and they showed really bad ones. So, like, A, did they already know that they were going to choose Trey Lance if it was, like, this big conspiracy? Why did they already have his mess-ups already ready? And like, that's just mean. They did him dirty. Like, they showed bad mess-ups. But, uh, yeah. And I do have – I want to say I didn't want to like um, Trey Lance because they did Mac so dirty, but he seemed – like a very sweet guy. And I liked his story of not getting offered in college and um, being the third round pick. I hope this young man does well. Okay. Um, did so a couple things. Um, they probably showed positive plays of both and negative plays of both. Does a couple questions here. Does the fact that he kept his sunglasses on for most of the night, concern you when it was basically in in technically the draft was outside in Cleveland but the green rooms and everything he had his sunglasses on for most of the night did that bother you at all most of the time it would but if the NFL did me like that um I I would cover my face too well Trey Lance not Mac Jones Trey Lance was the one with glasses on okay then fuck him no yeah bad decision like okay And then does the fact that he um, only played 18 games have any issue with you? You know, and and last year he only had one showcase game uh, because his college didn't end up playing the football season. Does that impact you at all? Um, I feel like it impacts me on a different level. I I can't wait to hear what level. (laughs) It's not that it's not that stupid. It's actually serious. 18 games is 
that's not even a full soccer season. Okay. Like, <laughs> I mean, 18 games. I've probably played, like, 50 games, and, like, 18 of them were probably, like, stupid, like, not noteworthy. It, like, I just I, – I think NFL players sometimes get a pass, and I'm going to throw that out there. I think they do. This wasn't NFL, but okay. Um, I know that. I mean football players. I would never get drafted off 18 games in soccer. No, probably not. Yeah, because – okay. Keep going. Okay, we're not going down this whole rabbit hole of your – we can talk about it later. Uh, Trey Lance, I'd like to talk a little bit about him. I think him coming into Kyle Shanahan's system, we have seen Kyle Shanahan's System be successful with a lot of different quarterbacks, none really as athletic as Trey Lance, which will be interesting to see if he can add a few wrinkles to uh, Trey Lance's game. What is concerning is we've seen Shanahan. He's a good system guy, evaluator of talent. I'm sure you've all heard this, but it's not great. He was excited for Kirk Cousins. He's like, and he's also Apparently, up leading up to the draft was to say, oh, I want to take this pocket passer in Mac Jones. Obviously, the draft happens. He doesn't take a just non-mobile quarterback, ends up taking Trey Lance. They still have Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm comfortable letting Lance sit there a little bit, develop, and let Garoppolo go. And if he's healthy, he's shown with the weapons around there and in the system, he can get guy, get the team to the Super Bowl. And they were leading the Chiefs for most of that game. If it wasn't for a fourth quarter collapse, maybe Garoppolo has a Super Bowl ring. And we're not even talking about Trey Lance getting drafted to the 49ers. Um, will that ultimately end up happening? Does Garoppolo get traded and they just hand over the keys to the kingdom to Lance um, earlier on in the year? That's still to be determined, but I would like them to see, to give Garoppolo, I guess, a chance to earn himself some more money or more value to the team with a trade or in free agency. Um, You are Garoppolo Garoppolo gal, from what I understand. Mm -hmm. What do you think they, he should do? Um, I agree completely with you, but for different reasons. I want to see Jimmy G start this next year and um, Trey Lance kind of be the backup role. And that is strictly because I don't want Trey Lance to get all this attention just yet. I need about I need some time to DM him because I do think he was the cutest out of this whole draft. So I don't – if he gets in there and just lights it up, my chance is gone. Did you see so, his hairline? Um, you know what? he. It's not great. And, and you know what? That goes back to what I said earlier, personality. Personality. He was wearing sunglasses inside for most of the night. What, do you, what does that say about his personality? I mean it says sort of like I'm too cool. I'm too everything. Maybe he was like, oh, I'm going to be Hollywood because I know I'm going to San Fran. I know I'm going to Cali. San Fran and Hollywood are like so – I understand out. that, but like I'm going to Cali. I got to be so cool. I was born in Minnesota. I went to North Dakota State. Like, You I, got all that from sunglasses. I'm saying like maybe he had to embrace the whole I'm so cool now since I went here. But he – no, listen, Trey Lance, I'm coming in your DMs. I'm coming hot. I'm going to say, you know what? You just give me an idea. I'm going to like say a lot of sunglasses stuff. 
Okay. Um, I would like, before we move on, I would like to make it abundantly clear. I'm rooting for Trey Lance. I hope he does well. Um, I'm not a 49ers fan by any means, but I like when they are successful. Um, I like their uniforms, things like that. Um, they're a cool team. Shanahan's offense is cool. Kittle's there. The Nick Bose is there. So I root for them a little bit when they're not playing any like big important games or anything like that. Um, we're now going to move on to Kyle Pitts. Uh, tight end for Florida gets drafted fourth by the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I'm going to let you have the last word on this. I'm going to start us off. Really, I think just an exceptional pick. Um, you could have seen maybe them maybe taking Mac Jones, uh, Justin Fields to build for that future. But when you have a talent like this and Pitts come, uh, it's hard to pass that up. I think he's going to be an immediate plug-and-play guy, um, have a great season for them in his rookie year, and be as – Julio Jones does seem to get a little bit older and there were some rumors about him being traded and whatnot. Um, if he were to leave, uh, you have Pitts to step in and be this, uh, pass catching guy and be a cornerstone with Matt Ryan in his final years and a new quarterback coming in at some point. Bye. What are your thoughts on Kyle Pitts? Um, well, I actually do have some good notes on him. i my very first note though, was when they showed him on the screen, screen I was shocked I thought he was like a 32 year old guy he's like a grown man he, he's a very big boy anyway um I got I got some of this research opinion from a YouTube video so I can't uh oh you don't have to cite your sources it doesn't uh, matter on here I, I didn't want to get I don't know if this goes number one on Apple I could get like sued um you, anyway it's not I he didn't file an IP patent or anything go ahead oh okay well, he's a tight end, but he moves like a wide receiver. That's what I really love about this guy. No he, kid, You don't say. <laughs> I say. So he is a matchup nightmare. Mm, your too, words, I'm sure. He's too physical for a cornerback to cover him. But at the same time, he would abuse any line backer matched up to him. You are – don't worry about this guy soon. You have literally said – not word for word, but basically what every other person has said about him. Um, so it's totally fine. But uh, yeah, Kyle Pitts, uh, I find it extremely hard for him to not be successful in the NFL. We've seen the total shift of what the perceived notion of how a tight end can be used um, dating back to 10 plus years ago with Belichick. And it's only evolved with guys like Kelsey and Kittle and all these other guys. So it's going to be exciting to see him. Uh, we move on now to the Bengals drafting Jamar chase. We talked a little bit about him. Um, again, I understand why the Bengals did it. Polly, do you have anything to talk about him? Do you have any notes on him? If not, we already discussed him and we can move on. Go ahead. I have some notes. I'm not going to leave my boy Jamar chase out of this. What it, he's the number one wide receiver in the NFL draft. We're going to leave him out. Well, we already talked about him and like, I've covered it with you in the mail sack, but go ahead. Give your thoughts again. I mean, at LSU, he was notorious for 50-50 balls and being okay, a wild These target. are not true words again either, but go ahead. <laughs> and at one point, what I, I'm curious about his year off. Yeah, what about it? <laughs> Why did he take a year off? Well, there's this thing called the coronavirus. Oh, okay. They should have made the – okay, whatever. Um, what I find impressive about this man is – he ran a 4.3840 yard dash 
So when he hits open space, he can turn on those jets, baby. Okay, Jamar Chase, fast. We knew that. Um, but yes, like Polly did mention, um, if you go back and look at the LSU championship year, anytime the ball was basically thrown in his direction, he was coming down with it. Really had his coming out party in the national title game. If you if you didn't weren't paying attention to him through the season, um, that's sort of on you. He was the best receiver that year. But then what he did um, in the SEC championship game, the semifinal against Oklahoma, and what he ultimately did against Clemson, who at that time had one of the better defenses in the country, he was able to score on them basically at will. That was really solidified his place in this draft as the number one guy. Um, we now move on to the sixth pick of the Miami Dolphins, who they end up taking wide receiver Jalen Waddle from Alabama. What are your thoughts on him? I want to say, first of all, love the last name. Second of all, I mean, is it just crazy how many prospects Alabama has? Uh, You say this, and this is just a little shameful plug. Alabama had 10 guys drafted. Granted, they had more in the first round and whatnot, but the only schools to tie how many draft picks they had was Ohio State. Both had 10 players drafted. So You know what? And... But Ohio State has not made any real good NFL players. Sure, they're drafted, but they haven't got any good ones. Oh, I respectfully disagree. And I understand you're like you're in the deep end right now. You're not really sure what you're saying. No, I, the YouTube video said that. Maybe quarterback wise, but Michael Thomas led the NFL interceptions two years ago was an MVP candidate. Okay, uh, Chase Young won the defensive rookie of the year last year. Nick Bosa won the defensive rookie of the year. Uh, I believe two or three years ago, Joey Bosa did the same thing. Um, All right. Don't cry about Ohio state. It's fine. There's tons, but Jalen Waddle, go ahead. So what are your thoughts okay. on? So he is used in the slot a lot, uh, used in space a lot. So about him, what's interesting to me is he doesn't have the most diverse route. He does short to medium routes, um, but he only had 140 target routes in all four seasons as a wide receiver. I mean, that is just one of the other guys, I forget who, had like 150 in just one season. So this guy, I he's got to be good to – you know, he took advantage of his chances, is what I'm going to say about him. The most of his opportunities, yes. Um, I was a big fan of Waddle two years ago. Last year, he starts out extremely hot, is on the same progression as uh, Devontae Smith, and then he injures his ankle. Um, out for the second half of the season, comes back in the national championship game. Didn't even need to really play, um, but played – was effective in that game, cemented his status as one of the best receivers in this draft in that, showed his toughness, um, and it pays off. Also very interesting to see that the Dolphins uh, reunite again a quarterback and his college receiver with Waddle and Tua. So it'll be interesting to see how Tua can develop and hopefully progress from year one in the NFL to year two with a familiar face um, catching the ball. We now you did not have at the seventh pick, uh, Panay Suel. You did not have any notes on him. 
Uh, I'm going to keep it pretty brief on him. Just a surefire, great pick. I think he's a plug-and-play guy. Really is what Dan Campbell, the new uh, head coach for the Lions, wants in a player, a guy that you remember Dan Campbell. We talked about him. He's a guy that was like, oh, if we get knocked down, we're going to come up and we're going to eat these guys' kneecaps or stuff like that. Of course. Um, so, again, a big mauler on the front line for the Lions, a good pick. Uh, I don't know if you had any notes on J.C. Horn, the cornerback from South Carolina. Uh, any notes on him at all, Polly? Um, No, he can go F himself, too. Okay, J.C. Horn's pretty good. Um, when the draft process started, a lot of people had him uh, maybe in the late first round, but through pro days and workouts and interviews with teams, he shot up draft boards and was taken uh, by Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers. Again, I think he's an immediate plug-and-play guy that can make a big impact for the Panthers' defense in year one as a rookie. Uh, Patrick Sertan, I again understand you do not have notes on him. That's totally fine. Sort of mirroring what uh, was said about Horn about a plug and play guy. The don't look now, but the Broncos have maybe one of the best, if not the best, secondaries in the entire NFL. And you add this, who the mock drafts had him going to 10 to Dallas. Uh, Dallas ended up trading back. Um, and they weren't able, I believe they traded back after they knew Sertan wasn't going to get taken. Um, they had him pegged as the guy they were going to take. But you go, you get to learn under a lot of talented guys in Denver as a rookie. You can come and not be super dependent on to be the shutdown guy. You get to grow in and learn from guys. Um, I think that's a good situation for him to come in and uh, progress and contribute, but not be called upon to be just this lockdown number one guy like he would have been in Dallas. Uh, the next guy, you do have notes on him, the 10th pick, Devontae Smith, the wide receiver from Alabama. What do you got on him? Oh, I got notes on this boy. My skinny little wide receiver. Love him to death. Uh <laughs> 2021 Heisman and a national champion. What? That's a resume if I've ever heard of one. You got that on your resume? I don't. Uh, what I do like about him is his mindset and his size. He's small, but he doesn't shy away from contact. Now, I'm not sure exactly how that will help him in the NFL. I mean, these are big guys. You know, they're going to and they know who he is. They're going to try and go after him. So I hope uh, I hope he's safe, my little boy. And but he does what I love about his runs. He paces himself so well to get open. He just runs really crisp routes and he makes it look effortless like it's easy. So, you know, I'm rooting for Devontae Smith just because he's so skinny. Not that that matters, but he, I'm just saying he's different. <laughs> All our undersized kings stand up. You have found your king. You're you can crown this man. Um, yeah, I think it's extremely good. Again, another situation where a quarterback gets reunited with their college receiver, Jalen Hurts, who hasn't been named the starter, but is probably the perceived starter in Philadelphia, gets uh, Devontae Smith, who he connected um, with in college. I don't have a big issue with his size. Um, 
just be careful. I think he's going to be a productive member of that team, and they need pass catchers. The, the Eagles flat out needed a lot, and I think they addressed a little bit of it in this draft. The O-line is still a little concerning, but they got a big playmaker in Devontae Smith, so it'll be interesting to see um, how he performs his rookie year, but I think he does uh, exceptionally well in the role. Uh, did you have any notes for the 11th pick? Uh, Justin Fields to the Chicago Be- Chicago Bears. Oh, yes, I do. Uh, what I don't like about this guy is his first name. That name, Justin's taken by my boy, Justin Herbert. Okay, that's still got to be the last time I talk about him. But anyway, um, let's see. So I would like to compare him to a little someone that is on my no-no list. And that's someone, I don't want to say his name, but it is Deshaun. It rhymes with Bashan Botson. <laughs> anyway. Okay, go ahead. What, what were you going to say? Uh, why do they remind you of each other? And I will tell you why. Um, so they have the same criticisms in the draft. Poor accuracy, uh, interceptions, ball security, bad vision, can't work through those progressions. Uh, Again, stigma of him because he was at Ohio State. But I think he can be taught. And if he can be taught and grow at an NFL level and keep progressing and not regress at all, he can be great. You know, I I think he can be better than Deshaun. Okay. Uh, I'm going to take the reins down here and talk about him because he was the most important pick for me of this entire draft going into it. I really wanted him to land with the 49ers after a second pro day. There was the betting odds that came out and he was favored there. Maybe a bit of a smoke screen. I'm not really sure why the odds went so high for him to get drafted there only to fall back down, but it's totally fine. I After that, I really wanted the Patriots to trade up and get him because I think McDaniels and Belichick's a better situation to go to than Nagy and the others, the situation went to in Chicago. But the excitement that the Bears fans had when he was drafted, um, I'm extremely happy, happy for Justin Fields, happy for them that they can say they have this quarterback. The criticisms that you mentioned, there are statistics out there that they disprove most of them. Some, they are reinforced. Um, what I would hope happens, and this is more of, I'm going to get on a tangent here. I have no clue if you have noticed this or anything like that, but during the off season, the bears, they go and they sign Andy Dalton and they tweet out the graphic of him and they say QB one. Um, they already have Nick Foles on the depth chart. So there's one, two veteran guys there. If the criticism for Justin Fields are like the accuracy and the first reads and all this other stuff, if there could be a time for him to actually sit behind a guy like an Andy Dalton or a Nick Foles, who I'd rather probably learn from Andy Dalton because he's done it for so long and he did it at a high consistent level in Cincinnati for a while than Nick Foles, but whatever. Um, this is a good situation, but the NFL these days, it's so like you need instant gratification. If you take a guy early at quarterback, you're going to plug and play him because you're going to feel pressure 
from the front office, the fans to justify taking a quarterback so high, um, like last year with Justin Herbert. Um, certainly was wasn't, I understand I'm saying that, but it wasn't, it was because of injury last minute that he had to come in against the chiefs and put up great numbers, almost beat them. And he continued to play well and everything. Um, but you look, teams don't give quarterbacks a chance to learn and sit behind players like they did in the past, like Aaron Rodgers did sitting behind Brett Favre, like Patrick Mahomes did sitting behind Alex Smith. It's you got, if I'm drafting you in the first round, it's basically I'm plugging and playing you and you live and die with that situation. And if Justin needs to sit and develop for a year, go ahead. Um, is that going to happen? Probably not because Matt Nagy, the head coach and pace, the GM are sort of at this spot where it's their coaching and jamming for their jobs because of how poorly they've done the last couple of years. The bears did a very good job getting Justin Fields some protection in this draft. They just cut their left tackle today though. Not really sure why he was a veteran on the team. Uh, I guess to save cap space or whatever, it would be nice if they had some more options at receiver. All they really have is Allen Robinson, and he is set to be a free agent next year, but he's a top 15, top 10 receiver in the NFL when he's healthy. So it'll be interesting to see. I hope that Fields is successful. There's some pieces there that he could be. Nagy gets a bad rap as a head coach sometimes, but if he could get Mitch Trubisky to the playoffs twice, I definitely think Fields is a better quarterback than Trubisky. Maybe they can get together, Fields, Nagy, develop a system, put points on the board, and make the playoffs. Fuck Justin Fields. That's all I got to say. Okay. Like him because Ohio State. Uh, Sure. That's the only reason you're rooting for him so hard. I like Justin Fields. Yeah. Went to Ohio State. Yeah. That's like – who. Why wouldn't I root for him then? Because he's Cause not. He's... You know what? We'll see how Justin does against my Justin. I don't think they have a game against each other next year. I'm going to say it for legal reasons. Every time I talk about Justin, it's just, I'm just kidding, guys. And that's all. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Um, that's my breakdown on Justin Fields. You, uh, Polly has hers. Um, is that where your notes ended? Oh, no. Did you have any notes on Micah Parsons? Oh, on people? Like, as yeah. far as people? Yeah. Uh, we covered all my people. Okay, I'm going to do a quick one through here. Um, Micah Parsons to Dallas at the 12th pick. They trade back. They get some extra capital in this draft as well. Um, I think that's extremely important. The Cowboys defense last year was terrible. They get Dak Prescott back after his injury last year. Um, The Cowboys went extremely defensive heavy in this draft. Exactly what they needed to do. They end up taking Kelvin Joseph in the second round, I believe, the cornerback from uh, Kentucky. And then they also uh, take the defensive tackle. Osa, I'm going to say this wrong, but Odizangawa. Again, I said said it wrong, but defensive tackle from USC, he was extremely good. Uh, they take Jabril Cox, the linebacker from LSU. They added a lot of good pieces to a defense that they need to. Um, and then 
your other I guess this is actually your official like favorite team, right? The Chargers. Mm-hmm. Okay. I- they had a exceptional draft. I really do think they had one of the better drafts. Um this entire year, they added a ton of people that they needed to, um, starting in round one, uh, adding Slater, the offensive tackle from Northwestern, getting Herbert some protection. Then the second round they go and they add Asante Samuel Jr., the cornerback from Florida State. He's extremely good. They get a playmaker in Josh Palmer, the wide receiver from Tennessee, um, another weapon for Herbert. Are you excited about the potential of this Chargers team next year? A lot of people are saying if building off this draft and if Herbert continues to grow and develop, there could be playoffs in the future. Look, anything that's protecting my man, I'm up for it. I hated it. It hurt me last year when to see him get tackled. I wanted to be out there protecting my baby. But... I'm going to leave that to the big boys. And you know what? I think the front office did well protecting my Justin. And, you know, I think he's going to be a lot happier. And I love to see him happy. So, I mean, we got a new head coach. Um, You know, Anthony Lynn just wasn't getting it done. Um, But I do give hats off to Anthony Lynn for what he did for Justin Herbert. Um, I will say I do think it's a conspiracy of why Justin Herbert started. But congrats to the Chargers. Um, and then moving to 14th, uh, Vera Tucker, the guard from USC, he gets drafted by the Jets to protect Zach Wilson. Again, I think that's a very good pick. The 15th pick. No one should ever protect him. Okay, the go fi- on. The 15th pick, Mac Jones. Um, you spoke about him a little bit earlier. Did you have any thoughts about him on draft night? I think he he seems like a humble guy and I, I just hope he does well just because NFL did him dirty and that's why. Okay. Um, I think he has, I think he was drafted to a good situation. Obviously what the, what the offense Cam Newton is going to run, who right now is a perceived starter and what Mac Jones is going to run are two extremely different offenses. Um, I think the offense that Jones is going to run is more like the offense that Tom Brady ran and what McDaniels, the OC there, was calling for him and is more comfortable with. Um, it was sort of an experiment this last year with Cam Newton, and uh, McDaniels was sort of trying to not get cute, but just execute and play to the strengths of Cam Newton. And maybe that isn't where McDaniels shines as a play caller more in the short intermediate passing routes that Mac Jones was very good at, at Alabama Um, taking shots downfield, which he was fairly good at, at Alabama uh, is what more McDaniels likes to do. Um, If at some point, maybe three fourths, maybe around the 12th or 13th game, Mac Jones comes in. I think that'd be pretty good for him to just sit and develop a year. But again, he'll probably get thrown into the fire a little bit earlier than expected uh you don't have any notes on these guys but i'm gonna run through did you happen to see uh anywhere on twitter or social media the phone call of zavin zavin collins the guy that got drafted by the arizona cardinals i did what did you think about that if i know you like i think i know you 
I bet you didn't like it. Why do you say that? Um, I bet you probably think it was like cringe or something when he was like, we're going to fucking kill everybody. We're going to get Super Bowl rings so big. Like, I bet you didn't like that. Yeah, I really just say thank you. We'll be working. Uh, none of that is necessary. If I was one of the veterans on the team, I'd be like, who the fuck is this guy? Um, I saw on Twitter it was compared to some other guy who like said something similar. Yeah, one name. From no. this round or previous? Previous. I'm not sure right off. Anyway. Um, I, I, think, I think it was a good pick. Um, the defense last year for the Cardinals at times was suspect. Um, Isaiah Simmons, if he can develop and find an actual role on the defense, which he sort of did at the end of last year, and if Collins can be used as that edge rusher, linebacker guy, like C-ball, get-ball guy, um, then you pair that with J.J. Watt. You do lose Patrick Peterson, but they did add some defensive guys uh, throughout this draft. I think it'll be interesting to see what the Cardinals are able to do. And then also the Cardinals ended up drafting a Trinity High School product, uh, Rondale Moore. So it gives people a reason to watch him as well. I think he adds um, a gadget play guy and an extremely fun guy to watch for the Cardinals and a big home run threat for them when he has the ball in his hands. So that'll be interesting uh, to see. Doesn't he have on. a Go ahead. Doesn't he have a baby? Rondale? He has a baby. He might. I'm not sure. I'm could. Uh, let me tell you. He has a girlfriend and a baby. Girls oh. off limits. Okay. That's fine. Um, we look at Jamin Davis, the linebacker from Kentucky, he got drafted 19th by the Washington football team. Uh, he shot up draft boards. He joins one of the best defenses in the NFL last year. It'll be interesting to see if he can come and uh, make an impact at all next year. The linebacking core for them is a bit suspect, so he will probably get his opportunity and hopefully he can help uh, and contribute to them and get some playing time. Uh, we look at the 20th pick, the wide receiver from Florida, uh, Tooney for the Giants. They got a big play guy. I would have preferred maybe somebody else in this situation, but uh, they sign. Uh, I'm blanking on the name, the receiver from the uh, oh Galladay. They sign Galladay. They pair him up with Sterling Shepard. They get Tooney. They get Saquon Barkley back. That defense was good last year. It really all lies on Daniel Jones and what he does. So it'll be exciting to see that. Um, let's see. Did you have any thoughts on Najee Harris? Did you see any highlights of him? The running back for Alabama, the guy that the Steelers drafted, he hurdled a guy that was probably oh, pretty. Him. Yeah. I think he's a bit show-offy, and I don't like that. Just <laughs> what? Honestly, when you say that, I understand you're, like, basing it off of that, like, one clip and everything, and you don't really know, like, this backstory or whatever, like, that off, but could not be further from the truth. Like, for his draft day party, he, like, spent it with, like, I believe it was inner-city kids or something like that that like he threw a party for them and everything like i couldn't disagree with you okay, more about the selfishness stuff off the field i bet he's 
great. On the field, show off. Okay, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I, I Again, I'm going to spring this question on you. I don't know how much you do know about it, but how, what do you think about drafting running backs in the first round? Um, just to preface a little bit, help you out a little maybe, um, you look at the top paid running backs in the NFL, they have not been on – teams that have won the Super Bowl um in the last couple years. You can look at last year, Leonard Fournette, he was a top four pick, but not with the Buccaneers. He was sorted down on his luck um after getting released from the Jaguars after being a good player, but not what was expected at four. Um he's on them. You look at before that, Derrick Henry gets paid. They were one win away from the Super Bowl a couple years ago, but haven't been there since they paid him. You look at Ezekiel Elliott, he was paid a shit ton after being drafted fourth. What do you think about drafting running backs in the first round? Well, what I have to say is, who's the guy that I really liked in FanDuel? Um, Kamala. Alvin Kamara, who was not drafted in the first round. Let me get to my point. I love Alvin Kamara. He, by far, to me was the most entertaining person on that field any given time. Just such raw talent, that boy. <laughs> but Okay, raw talent, Alvin Kamara, that's what they call him. Yes. I think wide running running back is the second most important thing on the team. And I don't think that coaches are taking them more seriously enough. Um you know, sure they're drafted, but they, I think sometimes need to be drafted higher than quarterbacks. They're that important to me. Polly, I'm going to be honest with you. No NFL GM or head coach really shares that sentiment, but I love that you are so firm and steadfast. Well, I don't think they agree with me because I just, they're so important. Well, they are important, but what is, the like factor in is you can get a contributing running back like a Camara who wasn't taken in the first or second round um, and still draft like good players in those first and second rounds and find guys that can contribute um, in the later rounds. Uh, like I said, you look at the Buccaneers who he was on Fournette was on his second team. You go back to when the, uh, whatever it's called, the Eagles won. They had a duo of LeGarrette Blunt and Clemens and another guy who, not first-round picks. It's just the way the NFL is going, quarterbacks, offensive linemen, and receivers are getting more value than what running backs are. But I do understand what you're saying. It does help to have a big play receiver, uh, excuse me, a big play running back, but maybe you can find those in mid to late rounds. I mean, this the game's just changing. It's crazy to see over the years how diminished wide receivers are. Running backs. <laughs> I always running backs, whatever, same thing. Yeah, okay. I'm going to get you away from this now, from that subject. I'm going to talk <laughs> about the 26th pick um, that the Cleveland Browns made. I do want to talk about their draft a little bit. Um, they end up taking Greg Newsom, the cornerback from Northwestern, who I wanted when they 
the mock drafts were happening and I saw he was getting mocked to them a lot. Uh, he was very good at Northwestern proved this last year, why he should be a first round pick. And I'm extremely glad they got that to add some depth to that situation. Um, and then they go in the second round and they get uh, JOK, the linebacker from Notre Dame. I was extremely excited about that. A lot of people are saying that coming out today, he has a bit of a heart condition, but that apparently didn't scare away the Brown medical team. And a lot of concerns for him are the Isaiah Simmons thing from last year, where a bit of a tweener in size and the uh, position that he's going to play. But ultimately, I think he's a playmaker. He finds the ball. He gets the ball. And he's going to find himself on the field. Uh, They end up taking in the third round a receiver, Anthony Schwartz, uh, from Auburn, a speedster, a nice home run play guy for Baker Mayfield, who was one of the better quarterbacks uh, accuracy-wise with throwing the ball deep. Uh, Then they add James Hudson, an offensive tackle from Cincinnati in the fourth round. He's going to be a project, but – when contracts start coming up and they're not going to have enough money to pay everybody, um, he's going to be a good plug and play piece for them to have. And then in the four round, they add Tommy, uh, Tiger, Oi. I struggle to say that last name. My apologies, but the defensive tackle from Ohio state, he was very good as a complimentary piece with him and Haskell Garrett last year. Um, they lose Sheldon Richardson, who still it doesn't look like he's going to be coming back now after some of the undrafted uh, free agent signings the Browns have made. But Tommy is a good piece as well. Uh, it's exciting to see the Browns address all the defensive needs uh, in this offseason and this draft where defense was a liability for them and has now turned into a strength for them. So it'll be exciting to see what the Browns can do. Um I'm not going to bore them with anything else with that. I now want to turn it over to you and ask you who are some guys in this draft um, first round or otherwise just at all that you think are going to do good or you're interested to see how they turn out uh, in the NFL. Of course. Now you might not even know some of these names that I'm going to say, but let's start. At number one, we have Juju Atwell. You know him? Tutu? Yeah, I know him. Louisville wide receiver. (laughs) Tutu? Yeah, for the Ram. I put Juju. Anyway, I like this guy. Just, I see myself in this guy. Um, I, he's from Louisville, moved to California just like me. I wish he would have gone to the Chargers, but we'll see what kind of man the Rams. They had their chance. Well, if hey, if they had their chance, then I support their decision. Um, I will say I did follow him after the draft because I, I want to see how a Louisville native does in this rambunctious city. And he was quite annoying on Instagram. But I will say that was right after the draft. And I know I'd be like blowing up Instagram, too. So we'll see if he's still like annoying just regularly. But hope he does well at the Rams. Next, have you heard of Tevin Jenkins? No, tell me a little about him. Um, I put on here, solely put this guy on here because he's the cutest guy I've seen. He reminds me of that um kicker with the glasses. 
Rodrigo Blankenship, just like him, but who is Tevin? Well, Tevin, I see they both have glasses. Okay. <laughs> so, gentlemen, if you wear glasses. You're on my list. Yeah. Um, he is a big boy, though. Uh, he stands at 6'6". Six, six. I mean. Where did he get drafted? He went to the Bears. Okay. So, good for them. I think it's a good pick. I I also have on here, if I saw a picture of him, I would think he's 15 years old. Oh, um, you're talking about the offensive tackle. Yeah, yeah. Oklahoma State. Yeah. I mean, he's fucking massive. Yeah. Yeah. So, ladies, uh, I did look at his Instagram. He is taken. Um, he seems like a really sweet guy. He posts his girlfriend a lot. No chance there, ladies. I'm sorry. Um, you know why he was drafted, right? Because he's good at football. To protect Justin Fields. Well, I already said Justin Fields can go fuck himself. Okay. So. Have you heard of Kellen Mond? Yeah, don't like him, but go on. Oh, why don't you like him? I don't have an actual problem with him, but he needs a lot of work to become an NFL quarterback. And luckily the situation that he was drafted in, he probably is going to have some time to maybe develop and become the next guy in Minnesota. But yeah, I do know him. what do you think about him? So I said I was rooting for this kid because probably the whole draft, he was probably just compared to Trevor Lawrence the whole time. And it probably got in his head a lot. So I think, he needs to come in here and prove some people wrong that he deserved to be in this draft and that the draft isn't all about Trevor Lawrence or that little dumbass fucking kid. I hate. So, you know what? I hope he has that underdog mentality. Um, ladies, I did think he was pretty cute. Um, I did not get a chance to look at his Instagram. I will do that later though. Definitely, if he's single, slide in there. I do want to make a comment. Um, did you see that one girl? Um, I sent you the tweet. She was the first NBA draft girlfriend and um, NFL girlfriend draft. Yes, which is impressive as hell. Yeah, my God. That's where, that's where your aspirations are. Yes, <laughs> what a resume. You need to get that girl on here. She is impressive. I want to... I want to know some things. Wait, do you know the guy she is uh, I don't remember right off, no. Hmm. All right. I'm going to look her up some more, too. Okay, my fourth and fifth. Robert Lachell. You heard of him? Who is he? I am rooting for him because he played at Arkansas, and I am from Arkansas, and he's going to the Rams. So kind of like Tutu. Um, but Juju. I- Fuck. No, it's two two. Oh. <laughs> Good one. Um, but I kind of felt bad for this kid because it says that the Rams picked him, then he went to Jacksonville, and then went back <clears throat> to the Rams. So it seems like it's already been hectic for him and not a great start. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, yeah, so I hope the kid does well, hopes he makes it. And last but not least, um, this, I see a little Tom Brady in the making. Have you heard of Grant Stewart? Who is he? Do you not know him? No, who is he? He is the lucky number 259. 
And he is going to the Buccaneers. Okay, go ahead. I just want to say, ladies, go for this man because, A, you you seriously have a chance. He's, like, not famous yet. Uh, You know, he has a little bit of clout. I say go for him. DM him. He'd be happy. Can I ask him something? Sure. How you said he is like Tom Brady. I was getting there. Um, I'm going to disprove this, but you go right ahead. I, okay. I didn't say this was scientific or exact, but Tom Brady was picked very low as this man. Pick number 199. Yes. So this guy's only 60 behind him. This Uh, guy was the last pick in the draft. It sounds like he was, he was 259. I chose him. Mr. Irrelevant is what they call it. That guy wins like a vacation for being Mr. The last pick in the draft. Really? Yeah. They make it a big deal every year. So he wins like a vacation or something. Oh my gosh. Well, see, okay. Now I'm going to DM him. So he takes me ladies. He needs someone to go with and it is doable. He, I bet you he probably has 3000 followers. Like that's so doable. Anyway, that's that's like taking candy from a baby. Amen. Anyway, what? Said amen. Um, but anyway, I see Tom Brady in him because Brady was picked 199. No one believed in him. He was a skinny little shroot. Um, and they're both at um the Buccaneers right now. So I think Brady's gonna see himself in this Grant Stewart kid. And get a liking to him, uh, throw him a few strings. Um, maybe Giselle has a single friend. And next thing you know, he's not going to be number 259 anymore. Tom Brady's going to take him under his wing. You he heard it here first. You are aware this gentleman plays defense. Okay, does he not know his offensive teammates? I'm saying, though, like, when you compare somebody to, like, Tom Brady like that, normally it's an offensive player, normally a quarterback. But you have flipped this analogy on its head and picked a linebacker to be the Tom Brady of this year's draft. That's just, I love your insight and the way you look at life. He's going to, oh, you know what else? He's going to be the next Rob Gronkowski, Tom Brady's best friend. Rob Gronkowski. That's Say right. It. Say it. Rob Gronkowski. You got it. All right. I'm going to flip through a couple of my players and then we're going to do who we thought won the draft. And we're going to wrap this up. Uh, my guy that I'm high on Shaka Tony defensive end from Penn state went to the Washington football team uh, in the seventh round. I think he has a ton of upside. Uh, Caleb Farley, Farley, excuse me. Um, in round one had a lot of questions with the medical, but I think he is, when healthy, the best cover corner in this draft. Um, if he can stay healthy, it'll be uh, an extremely valuable pick for the uh, Titans. Looking down to the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, I like that they added uh, Fryermuth, the tight end out of Penn State. I think he is going to be exceptional in maybe Ben's last couple years uh, because they do need him. 
Uh, Landon Dickerson, the center from Alabama, going to the Philadelphia Eagles. That seems like a plug-and-play type of guy anywhere on the offensive line, and they desperately need that in uh, Philadelphia. Elijah Moore, the wide receiver for Ole Miss that got drafted in the second round for the Jets, he is going to be exceptional. Um, Excited for him. The Saints adding uh, Landon Young to that offensive lineman, to that offensive line, the lineman from Kentucky, a uh, hardworking guy. I find it, I find it's going to be very hard for him not to be successful uh, in the NFL just because of how hardworking he is. Uh, let's see. Looking on to the Chiefs, what they added with Nick Bolton in the second round, the SEC Defensive Player of the Year, I believe, or in the running for that last year. Um, the Chiefs need some more defensive playmakers, and I think they got that with him. With the Jaguars, I was excited that for them to add uh, Andre Sisco, the safety from Syracuse. Uh, it'll, I think he's going to do well. Quiddy Pay, that was a fantastic story for the Colts in the first round. He's a mission guy. I'm not rooting against him whatsoever, not holding that against him. He's an amazing story and uh, excited to see. Obviously, Rondell Moore for the Cardinals. I think he's going to be an extremely important guy. And then for the Detroit Lions, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. I told you about him last year. Um, I have no clue if he slid into his DMs or not, but I think he's going to be pretty successful for the Detroit uh, Lions. And then, obviously, just to close it out, uh, player-wise, Justin Fields for the Browns. And Polly. Yes. (laughs) Who do you think are one to two or three teams this year that won the draft? Let me tell you, I think um, best. What I really like was what the Broncos did. I mean, they landed the best corner in certain. Certain. Yeah. Certain. Uh, I mean, and then they continued to load up on good players. Their later round picks were even impressive. Uh, fifth round safety, Jamar Johnson, which they really needed. So I think they hit all the spots. Yeah, I mentioned earlier, that secondary is looking great. Johnson was a ball hawk at Indiana. They add Sertan. They re-signed Simmons, who was one of the best uh, safeties in the NFL last year. I love what they've done so far. Mm-hmm. Impressive, actually. Um. Let me see. Let me see what else I have. Oh, shit. Wait. Here, while you're looking, I'll just tell them one of mine. I think that the uh, Buffalo Bills did a great job. Coming off the season last year, they lose to, excuse me, they lose to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. So what do they do? They go and they address the defensive line. They sign Gregory uh, Rousseau, the defensive lineman for Miami. Then they take Carlos Basham in the second round, the defense end from Wake. And then they sure up the offensive line in round three and five. And then they get some more weapons for uh, Josh Allen in the sixth round with Stevenson, the wide receiver from Houston. Um, I like what they did. They didn't really need to add a bunch of pieces, uh, but the ones they did add on the defensive side of the ball is going to help them compete. Polly. Sorry about that, folks. Um, 
I'm an idiot and I just wrote down the notes and forgot um, what team goes with my notes. But Carson, you can just help me out because I'm going to say the players. Um, <laughs> this team, I loved their draft. Chris Greer. You got to keep naming. He did a great job, starting with Waddle. Oh, Jalen Waddle went to the uh, <clears throat> the Dolphins. So Chris Greer is not a guy. That's like somebody that was drafting. But go ahead. Okay. So the Dolphins, uh, they lo- they added a lot of quality players after that. Um, this is going to be key. Uh, how well they edge Jalen Phillips, their second first round pick, and shows up in the pass rush. Um, and then getting Liam Eckenberg as a right tackle, that was huge for them. Very big. So impressed by them. And my third final team that gets an A plus, uh, Rick Spielman. Is the guy that did the drafting. Who's the first round pick? <laughs> um, it's, uh, Wyatt Davis. Wyatt Davis, the Vikings. I'm shocked. I, I, like the Vikings. I grew up a Vikings fan, actually. Did you know that? Yeah. Um, Your mom's a Vikings fan. Yeah, I guess that. Actually, I'm not a fan at all. My mom is yeah. from Minnesota. You know but anyway. Davis went to college? Who? Wyatt Davis. I don't know. Ohio State. Go on. Ew. Uh, they had a lot of picks uh, by virtue of trading down. <laughs> and they landed a lot of good players. Rick Spielman uh, had really good days there. Three really good days there. And um, they fixed the offensive line. They finally got Dara Saw and Wyatt Davis. And then defensive talent in the later rounds, which is much needed for the Vikings. Uh, But we cannot forget Jalen Twyman. He's less known, but he's a six-round pick. But we got to keep an eye on him. They did all-around A+. Excellent. Okay. Um, I'm going to also say that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers – they re-signed basically everybody from that Super Bowl team, and they add Joe Tryon, the linebacker from Washington. They get maybe a project in Kyle Trask to take over for Brady. Once he's gone, they add some more defensive pieces with K.J. Britt, the linebacker from Auburn. I like what they did. Um, I really like what the Washington football team did. They get more defensive help with Davis, the linebacker from Kentucky, um, and then they sprinkle in some more defensive pieces and some – offensive weapons as well for Fitzpatrick or uh, Heineke, whoever is going to be the starting quarterback for them. I sort of like what the Jets did. I like that. I guess they have an answer, or at least they think an answer in Zach Wilson, but then they get Vera Tucker to protect him. They get him uh, Elijah Moore, one of the best route running uh, wide receivers in this draft. I like what the Dolphins did. I agree with you there. It is going to be interesting to see how Jalen Phillips with his concussion and injury history, um, if he's going to be able to stay healthy and be a contributor. Um, Your favorite team, the Chargers, love what they did, uh, getting Slater in the first round and Asante Samuel in the second. And the Browns, again, I mentioned them, but they addressed basically all their needs with a lot of value picks. Um, so hats off to them as well. And then a sneaky little thing for 
the Cowboys. Um, I mentioned it earlier, but they addressed a ton of needs on the defensive side of the ball. And I think that's going to put them in position to compete in the AFC East next year. Um, Polly, this is basically going to do it for, uh, this episode. If you have anything else you want to talk about, um, or say you're welcome to the floor is yours. Um, I think I covered it, covered it all. I just want to remind everyone to like, comment, subscribe, um, five star rating, um, Carson's ball sack podcast. We're proud of you. Uh, Polly, where can the listeners find you on social media? They can find me at, at Polly Marino underscore. Uh, you'll know it's me because I just went on vacation and my last like 10 pictures are all in bikinis and super. I thought you were still trying to trick people that you were on vacation. Or is that over? Uh, it's over. I, I ran out of pictures. I really effed that one up. I was going to act like I was, I went on vacation for a week and was going to like act like I was still on vacation for like a month just to like be cool. Um, but surprisingly I took too few pictures or I posted too many at one time. It's a learning experience. Well, Polly, uh, this did not go nearly as terrible as I thought it did, as I thought it was going to. Um, if I do end up and I have every intention of making the trip out, uh, to that chargers Browns game, if I do, you have the open invitation. You are welcome back on the podcast for that week's episode. Woo! I'm going to act crazy. Like Justin Herbert won't even, he can't hear his teammates because I'm going to be crazy. All right. Well, I'm not looking forward to that whatsoever, but I'm sure if Justin knew he would, uh, Polly, thank you again for joining me. Uh, I'm sure you will text me or snap me here pretty shortly and start annoying me again, but thank you for, joining on give your little sign off if you got one what's yours well i'm gonna stop recording this and then i'm gonna record the end of the podcast but what's yours you're putting me on the spot this is polly signing off (laughs) again before i get out of here i want to thank polly marino for coming on uh i know i joked about it a little bit in the episode but It was a pleasure having her on. She did bug me a little bit about coming on for a while, but she did a million times better than I thought she was going to. Um, So, Polly, thank you again very, very much um, for coming on. Before I get out of here, like, rate, review, subscribe, all that other good shit, wherever you get your podcast from, whether it's iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, wherever it may be, it helps me out a lot. Um, Be a friend, tell a friend. Thank you for listening to episode 83 of Carson Sack Podcast, where we talk balls. And as we always end here on the sack, we will be seen.